You are listening to the National University Podcast. Hello, I'm Kimberly King. Welcome to the National University Podcast, where we offer a holistic approach to student support, well-being, and success, the whole human education. We put passion into practice by offering accessible, achievable, higher education to lifelong learners. Today, we are discussing cryptocurrency. According to a recent article in Forbes magazine, cryptocurrency has gained popularity among investors globally. With technological involvement and industrialization, digital currencies are obtaining a satisfactory position over others, for example, Bitcoin. By using cryptocurrency, it gets easier to transfer money without any involvement of banks and other financial institutions. On the flip side, cryptocurrency claims to be an anonymous form of transaction, but they actually leave a digital trail that the Federal Bureau of Investigation can decode. Some informative pros and cons coming up on today's show. On today's episode, we're discussing cryptocurrency and joining us is National University's Dr. Riyad Abubakar. And Dr. Abubakar earned a bachelor's degree in accounting and a master's degree in economics from Berzait University in Palestine in the Middle East in 2007. He migrated to the U.S. in 2008 and joined the University of California at Riverside in 2011. He earned another master's degree and a Ph.D. degree from UC Riverside in 2016. After his graduation, Dr. Abu Bakr worked for several institutions between 2016 and 2023, the American University of Kuwait, Trinity College, the University of Hartford, the University of California at Riverside, and National University. He serves now as a finance lead in the School of Business and Dissertation Chair for many PhD students, and his focus of research is on macroeconomics, monetary policy, and international trade. In his recent working in-progress research, Dr. Abubakar is investigating the asymmetric impact of the Federal Reserve's policy of the economy during COVID-19 and the Russian-Ukraine war. Wow. We welcome you to the podcast, Dr. Abubakar. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's great to, to talk to you again. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic? Uh, thank you, Kim. Uh, basically, um, you know, the economics is a social science, and we describe economics as the optimal allocation of scarce resources. So this means that this major touches every one of us. So, you know, as a child, you always have something, you know, limited in your bucket. Um, I feel that, you know, I need to to do something, you know, with the amount of money I have, with the amount of time I have. And I, I need to do that best optimal allocation. So when I started studying this major, I feel that this is a very important major, especially financial economics to each of us. You know, it's, it's really a daily basis uh, major that, you know, um, we need in order to understand things, um, how they work around us, you know, how the the economy works, what is the international conflict and how it's related to to the economics these days, Uh, what is the meaning of scarcity of resources or limited resources. Uh, So it is not, you don't need to be basically in this major to apply economics or finance. And that's why, you know, as a child, I was curious, you know, to study how things work, you know, 
what is the preferences, how is uh, microeconomic level, you know, works. And um, as also a background, um, as a person who has background in math, I find that economics and finance, it's a unique major that matches uh, our social behavior with the mathematical and quantitative skills, which is very important. And it's really something unique, you know, as a in my personality. So currently, for example, I'm looking at the um, things around the world that's happening or in our local economy in a different view, you know, from just, okay, where's the economic concept here? Um, you know, I look at the housing prices, you know, uh, the inflation, the interest rate and the unemployment rate from different point of view. So I feel this is something that is uh, I'm passionate about, you know, it is not just, you know, a major I study in textbook. It's a, something that I apply in my daily basis. Wow. I love that. And I love that you are looking at it from a global perspective. I think that is just so important when we're talking about finance and, and um, so interesting, your perspective and your passion, too. You can definitely see that. Um, let's start off by talking about cryptocurrency, today's subject matter. And, and so what, what is cryptocurrency, Dr.? Um, a cryptocurrency, you know, it's really like, you know, it's the topic of all like investors or humans these days. You know, it's something that everybody is searching for or invested in or uh, curious about. So cryptocurrency basically is a digital currency. It's, it's based on network computer system. We don't have it as physical, you know currency that we know that we learned and it's something unique you know something that has not been there before 2009 and now it's like you know especially after COVID-19 it became you know attracting several investors and several you know researchers because uh, you know after COVID-19 people start working from home and they start thinking about other options other than the typical stock market that we know and they start investing in, in crypto big time, you know. So that's why the market cap now currently is huge. It's almost half of, let's say, Apple market cap, which is around $1.4 trillion. So cryptocurrencies basically has no physical location. Uh, it's a digital currency. It's based on computer network. As long as you have internet, imagine you have that money in your pocket or in your wallet. Okay. In your Right, right. Okay, that, and yeah. that's an interesting way to describe that. Mm-hmm. Um, can it, can crypto replace typical money, the old-fashioned way? Um, yes and no. So what do we mean by yes and no? We are almost there, but not yet. So um, the, the basic functions of money that, you know, we always teach our grad, graduate or undergraduate students is that it has to do three main functions, the money. Um, first can be used as a medium of exchange, two, can be unit of account, or can serve as a store of value. Now, what do we mean by this? Can we use a cryptocurrency to buy and sell goods and services? Yes. Actually, a cryptocurrency has gained uh, many um, attention for customers where they start using it. Some people were against it, like Chase, you know, bank, and then they, they started again using cryptocurrency as a medium of exchange. So that target, I think, or function is there. Now let's think about the other function can be used as a store of value, which means can we transfer our wealth from the present to the future? Now here there's a question mark because of the volatility of uh, 
and the high price volatility in cryptocurrency, that is a risk. You know, investors cannot really rely on cryptocurrency because of the huge volatility. You know, um, if you look at the Bitcoin, Bitcoin started cents dollar and jumped to $74,000 almost, back down to $10,000, $16,000, then as of today, almost $41,000. So that huge volatility creates basically an uncertainty for investors. So this is a question mark here. Now, can it be used um, as a unit of account? Let's say that's a possible option because, you know, we can measure things by, uh, let's say, okay, this car worth, for example, one Bitcoin. That's not a big deal. But again, the price volatility will stay, will stay there. So in order to use cryptocurrency completely as money, like the typical form of money, uh, we need to achieve all these three functions. So that's why we're not there yet, but the cryptocurrency has gained attention and has also attracted investors and consumers both um, in, in, in using these three functions. So any paper that does the three functions or serves these three functions, it could be called money. You know, so money is not really, there's no global definition of money, but something that can serve as medium of exchange, store of value, and um, a unit of account. Okay. And so with all that being said, what are the concerns of using cryptocurrency? Um, that is a big question. Yes. Thank you, Kim, for this question. So the biggest concern is the price volatility uh, that we have seen. You know, For example, in 2020, in around February, when the COVID-19 spread, uh, crypto, Bitcoin, went down to from like seven nine thousand dollars to thirty eight hundred, which means three you know three thousand and eight hundred dollars, and jump back and you know by by Elon when Elon Musk started talking about crypto and Dogecoin, it went up to seventy four thousand dollars and back to sixteen and then again come back to forty. Uh, Forty-one thousand dollars two days ago for three thousand dollars. So that's that's price volatility is a risk. It's, it's something that investors and users don't like to see. That is a very big risk. The other thing is hackers. You know, many dollars, trillions of dollars, billions of dollars are lost due to hackers. And you know, uh, this is no. There's no government control, as you can see. The, this is not a government issued currency the go the government does not issue cryptocurrency so that's why we don't know where this money goes into circulation and you know the um um ftx you know that the, the company that went viral about you know um you know basically um stealing you know robbing off thief the system so that is also another hackers you know um price volatility uh, tax issues you know how the, the tax treatment for cryptocurrency also is still under uh, investigation. So these are the risks that may, maybe many investors uh, or users or customers are aware of. So a question for you, does blockchain technology make crypto safer? Um, they're trying to do it to make it safer. That is true. But I mean, to which level, you know? So there is more regulations toward currency, um, cryptocurrency, as you can see uh, these days. That's easy, you know, that's 
uh, Security and Exchange Commission is now involved in, in, in making sure that, you know, crypto is safer than before. Uh, tax treatment, you know, it, it also becomes uh, very important these days. You know, like if you go back, for example, to XRP, XRP is a cryptocurrency that uh, was issued, I think, in China and the SEC stopped it from trading in the U.S. So, uh, yes, there are rules who make, you know, make sure that uh, cryptocurrency is safe. Uh, but currently, it's, it's again, as long as too many people around the world are investing in a cryptocurrency, it has to go, you know, the, the right way. It has to be under, you know, control or kind of, let's say, under monitoring, you know, uh, by some government officials, by, you know, uh, some government institutions or something, you know, has force, you know, enforcement of, of these rules. Okay. Well, I, I know it's uh, still kind of the wild, wild west a little bit since it's still sort of yes. new, but uh, what are, okay. is, is cryptocurrency regulated then as a government type of money? I think you were just kind of touching on that a little bit. No, no, it's not. It's not really like... You know, if you go to the Federal Reserve, for example, which is the central bank of the U.S., uh, the central bank is conducting monetary policy through controlling the money supply, which is the quantity of money and the interest rate, you know, the price of money. And you can see that the Federal Reserve is heavily involved in, in, in the money uh, supply. Uh, but uh, can the Fed control the crypto supply? No. So government, no. They have no control over crypto as much as everybody else so basically what happens is all people who hold the crypto is controlling a crypto and this is there's no uh, like there's no you cannot say the u.s government is controlling a crypto around the world you cannot say the uk government is controlling a crypto around the world it's basically it's controlled by everyone at the same time and that's why government has no uh, power over this. This is not government. It's a global currency, kind of, you know. There is no supply. Uh, the demand is a global. The supply is a global. But, for example, if you go to U.S. dollars, no, the demand, the supply is local, but the demand is local and global. So um, there is a control over the amount of money that goes, you know, uh, in the economy. But there is no control by government, by certain government, over the amount of a crypto that goes into the economy or goes into circulation. And with that being said, then, is, is crypto a safe investment for investors? So uh, supply and demand, and then globally, I see this. But is it safe? Mm. As, as Let's say as of now, it's not very safe. Now, it's going to be safe in the future? Maybe. There is more work needed here, you know. Especially the hackers, you know, the, the money that was stalling, that is a big issue. So, and the price volatility is, is, is the worst issue here, you know. Like, for example, I don't want to put my money in crypto and find out tomorrow that there is 50% drop in crypto. So, that is a bigger problem versus uh, buying, for example, US dollars. Yeah, as of now, it's not very safe because, you know, of the uh, price volatility and the tax issues. And also, as we mentioned earlier, uh, hackers uh, who basically stole, you know, millions or billions of dollars from the crypto. So that's why this is an issue. But maybe in the future, it will reach, you know, safety. Yes, it could be. Because currently also, if you invest in other currency around the world, remember that they could change in any time, right? For example, if you go to any conflict areas, 
like imagine if you're investing let's say in russian uh ruble and i i don't know guys if you remember that the russian currency went through huge volatility uh during you know the the last two years uh because of the you know the ukraine russian war uh so yeah that is um you know investing in in basically any currency has risk you know buying any currency around the world has risk but buying a crypto it's riskier because we still don't know where this money goes and how it circulates and uh, and that price volatility that we witnessed uh, over the last few years so that is scary but maybe it's going to be the a very safe investment in the future yes yeah that price volatility is it is scary mm-hmm. and just the numbers that you just shared um yeah that's so yeah we probably just need to get a little bit more advanced with this so who who really controls cryptocurrency i know it's you know we're all in it together but who mm-hmm. controls it um no one everyone at the same time and that is supply and demand right. that goes into circulation so basically no one but everyone at the same time so that's the difference between <laughs> this cryptocurrency and the typical traditional money that we know which is controlled by the central bank or the federal reserve of the us yes got it got it wow this is it's such an interesting concept especially coming from the old-fashioned mm-hmm. way and then thinking about percentage rates and all of that so taking the government out of this whole cryptocurrency dance uh mm-hmm. this is great so we have to take a quick break but more in just a moment stay with us we will be right and now a national university tip on getting started for me personally i knew i wanted to pursue an education due to what i wanted to do in in life but if i had to look back at somebody in my same position i would tell them for one get rid of every reason why you can't go to school just deciding and then committing to it the first place to start is what do you enjoy what do you care about and if there's a degree that you know you can translate that into then let's go after that if you're unsure talk to somebody who's currently in school. If you're serving with somebody who's going to school, talk to them about it and what their experience is like. The thing is, I truly believe as far as the general education, it's a perfect time to develop an understanding of what you want to do. It helps you figure out what you want to do. There's always going to be room to adjust, to make changes. And so looking at anybody who was sitting in my position and they're thinking about going to school, I would tell them to go down to that college office. They can guide you and and help you figure out what it is or ways that you can make it happen. back to our interview with Dr. Riyad Abubakar. And we're talking about uh, cryptocurrency. It's so interesting how we are uh, really not there yet. And I do appreciate your honesty. Doctor, how is cryptocurrency purchased? Uh, these days you can buy crypto in many ways. You know, you can go to Coinbase, Manistock platform, like, you know, um, um, Robinhood, Weepol, uh, Fidelity, um, E-Trade, many actual platforms start using, you know, um, uh, or selling and buying a crypto. Um, especially, let's say, in the past, we started with Coinbase, for example. And Robinhood 
did not support the crypto, and then Robinhood okay changed, and that's why now you can see more platform for trade. They accepting the trade of a crypto, and especially the most or safest crypto, and this is amazing. Like you, you can go for example to Coinbase. Um, not all cryptocurrencies can be purchased there, and which shows okay why the, the other currencies are not there yet. You know they're not sold or bought. Because yes, the more the more you see there for sale or trade, which means I feel more comfortable to be honest buying those um, cryptocurrencies. So that's why there are thousands of cryptocurrencies these days. But you have to be sure where they're available for purchase and what the platform that supports the purchase of these uh, cryptocurrencies. And again, like Coinbase is is really. Uh, well done, you know, they, they they did a very well done job um, in regard to this. And they're controlled kind of by the government in terms of taxes and other issues. So, um, again, we will, Robinhood and other places, you know, do trade the uh, crypto. So it is really easy to buy crypto these days, you know. Investors have no issue with buying. But again, if you want to look for certain currency that is unknown, you know, not familiar, um, it's not known in the market, then you need to do more search and to finding a website or platform that supports the purchase or buying, you know, of these uh, currencies. It's so interesting. And even thinking about the whole development, um, who developed mm -hmm. it, but also how it was developed, Bitcoin. Can you go into detail about that a little bit? Now, this is like something, an anonymous question, because honestly, until now, nobody knows exactly the name of the person who created the crypto. For example, there was a name, you know, a proposed name. It's Satoshi Nokamato uh, from Japan. And this is that's not the real name of the person who created currency. For example, they said that a person named the Greg White is the person who created Bitcoin. But again, um, is that 100% true? So there's kind of questions about who is the original person that created the cryptocurrency. And I'm not too sure why this information is not 100% accurate and available. Uh, but uh, And why they have to go with different names rather than the accurate real name. So um, th that basically could create a question mark. Again, another about the crypto and how it's created, where it's created, and who created it. Okay, interesting. And it's funny. I mean, I guess, yeah, for security <laughs> purposes, a real yes. name or a real person may be interesting. Which yeah. <laughs> uh, crypto can we <laughs> Which crypto can we trust, and why should we trust Bitcoin? Um, I do believe Bitcoin. You know, I do believe that Bitcoin actually is the most trusted um uh, cryptocurrency um, because I mean for me when I want to invest let's say in crypto I look at the market cap and if you look at uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin almost have half of the market cap of a cryptocurrency, it's like 0.7 trillion dollars compared to 1.4 trillion dollars in the markets so as long as the company is huge and big, you know this is how the, the basic investment principles. When we invest in Google, we trust Google more than investing in bio company that has a small cap with $5 million, let's say. Definitely, we trust uh, Apple more than what we say usually 
Apple is too big to fail. You know, that is, oh, this company is too big to fail. It's just impossible for this company to fail and to get out of the market or get delisted from the NASDAQ or something, so on and so forth. Same thing applied to the cryptocurrency. In my belief that if you go to the higher market cap, then you're in safer hands, which uh, in my perspective that uh, crypto, uh, Bitcoin specifically is the, the, the crypto that has that feature the highest market cap. So most investors are really taking, um, going toward uh, uh, Bitcoin. For example, if you go to Dutchcoin, Dutchcoin is, is, let's say, very volatile and very risky. And it's always, it goes jump up and down based on some comments from Elon Musk and so on and so forth. So, or like a tweet from, you know, like big investors and so on and so forth. Um, so that's why Bitcoin is kind of, of more stable, let's say, in in relative to other cryptocurrencies. Okay, interesting. How many cryptocurrencies are out there? Is that even known? Um, I was shocked when, when I saw these numbers in the past, but I do believe currently almost 23,000 cryptocurrencies, which is are a huge number. Are you kidding number. me? Gosh, yes. Really? Yes, I I was shocked That's from shocking. this number. Let's say, yeah, if even I want to be accurate, let's say 22,932, which is around 23,000 cryptocurrency. Um, in the past, I, I was thinking, okay, there's... <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, it I'm, is... A... I thought you were going to say 23. I was like, wow, 23,000? That's crazy. Yes, that is true. I mean, um, in the past, I was thinking, no way. <clears throat> when I look at these numbers, I thought, okay, you know, we have, let's look, okay, we have XRP, we have Bitcoin, we have, um, um, let's say, uh, Dutchcoin, and okay, how many other, you know, cryptocurrencies we have? Let's say 10, 20, you know, but no, actually there is almost 23,000 cryptocurrencies, which is a huge number because yeah. now, you know, too many companies are creating their own cryptocurrency. Many governments, um, are creating their own. Um, for example, Facebook, um, you know, two years ago, they proposed uh, a cryptocurrency. I think they wanted to call it Libra, but it did not go to the market, you know, for some regulations and other stuff. But yeah, there is um, a huge number of crypto out there. And it does kind of beg the, the whole question about what is regulated. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is frightening. And then you think about how much... Mm -hmm regular old-fashioned currency is compared to that number. So that's, wow, that's fascinating. Mm. That blew my mind away there. Uh, <laughs> what? So let's talk about those regulations and requirements that govern Bitcoin. What does that look like? Um, in terms of taxes, you know, taxes represent a big issue when it comes to uh, regulating the cryptocurrency. You know, you could make, let's say, millions of dollars, but... Um, where this money goes, you know, and uh, do you pay taxes on this money? Uh, that's a big issue, especially, you know, for this is a global investment. This is kind of dealing with investment that goes around the world. You know, it's not just domestic investment. So it's the tax issue is a big issue here, you know, and that's why, um, you know, many governments panicked. They don't know how to deal with the cryptocurrency. Something out of their control, something out of their hand 
so that is one regulation and regulating the supply and the demand and the flow of money. So um, and and will that impact the prices? For example, look at the Federal Reserve. When inflation was high and reached ten uh, percent, which is the highest in four years, okay, there's a simple way to do to deal with this. Let's cut the money supply. Let's increase the interest rate, right? And let's basically um, sell government bonds so we can collect the money from the hands of the of the households or people or companies and firms. But how do we do? How do we do the same thing when there is a flow of money that's called the cryptocurrency? It's it's out of their control, right? And that could cause you know if people are getting too much money, they, that means they could increase the prices back. So can you control inflation? when there is a huge investment or huge supply of a cryptocurrency, you know? So you, you don't own the dollars anymore as a Federal Reserve or Central Bank. So that is a big issue, you know? But again, um, the U.S. government worked on this very big time. And currently, I think there is even state uh, regulation. Like for each state, there is certain of rules and regulations when it comes to treating uh, the cryptocurrency. Okay. Yeah, boy, I know. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> it's, yes, really, it's crazy. Yes, uh, can stores and retailers accept cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin? Yes, but not there yet. So in the past, okay. in the past, the number of you know companies or stores who accepted the crypto was very much limited. You know, you could really search and ask, okay, who accepted crypto? Uh, especially, for example, let's say Tesla. Um, I remember when Elon Musk, you know, at, at one of the international conferences mentioned that uh, Tesla does not accept Bitcoin. And that was a big shock for investors because same person, which is Elon Musk, who was talking about, you know, Dutchcoin and trying to get uh, investors to buy Dutchcoin. So, um, yes, many companies did not accept the crypto in the past. Uh, like, for example, uh, Chase Bank was against the crypto and then they changed. Currently, um, let's say, give one example of people who accept the crypto. I think AMC, you know, the theater company. Um, I do believe they accept the crypto. Um, I do have a list of many stores. They start accepting list of, uh, sorry, crypto. Um, for example, one of them, like movie tickets, AMC, um, AT&T, you know, a flight, like cheap air flight. Dish and uh, other companies, but again, can you stop by Walmart and buy, you know, at the grocery store? And when you finish and you know you want to pay, can you pay by crypto and use? Okay, here's my tab. You know, here's my computer, my my smartphone. Okay, I paid by, you know, oh wow, it was expensive. You know, point zero zero one of the Bitcoin I paid in the store. So that's not there yet, right? As you can see. But maybe, maybe one day, if crypto gain more attention and more investment and more regulations, it could serve and serves the three functions of money, then it could be widely used more than now. Wow. This has been so interesting. Are there any other things we should know about cryptocurrency before we wrap today? Um, crypto is, is, is really interesting issue, you know, especially in these days, like how can you work with the crypto if you don't have internet, you know, uh, if you don't have a smartphone. 
So definitely crypto is like a digital money that works as or serves the current state of the world, you know, the state of the technology, the state of the art. So it's it is really moves like we move the money from the traditional money to the technology technology based money, if you look at it. So how would it be for people who still don't use the internet, don't use computers, don't have laptops, don't have smartphones. So if a crypto replaces money, you know, and it become very much used, then some people will be left behind, you know. So that's why uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a complicated topic. Now, now again, the, the hackers, you know, it could be hacked. But again, also we know that banks could be hacked, right? We know that, you know, many hackers yeah. could go into the system and play with numbers, change numbers in, in banks. And same thing, because when we say I have, if I say I have $10,000 in, in, in a bank, it's a number, right? I, I don't really, you know, have those money as cash in a bucket, you know. Uh, most likely I have them as number, you know. Somebody plays with the number. That is similar to somebody plays with a cryptocurrency out there, right? So same story, you know, hackers could be everywhere, you know. No, that's a good point, though, too. I mean, that the, it's happening with our banks as well. So uh, that that is... Uh... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it still is a lot of a little ways to go uh, for, for mm-hmm. me yeah. personally to feel secure. But, but this has been so interesting to hear where we're at mm-hmm. and what the future looks like. Yeah. And, and the other also point I wanted to add is we look at the cryptocurrency these days as investment. And I'm sure like most people, when they when the word crypto comes to their mind, OK, can I buy Bitcoin? And is it true that the Bitcoin price will jump to $1 million each point? You know, that is a lot, right? These predictions, you know, were stated long time ago and people start, okay, let me buy more. Let me get into this market. But uh, do people think about crypto as a medium of exchange, not a store of value? That's unlikely. I mean, I don't really think like, you know, on a daily basis, you know what, if I have a crypto, it would be easier for me to buy my shoes today rather having this credit card. No, I don't really think that way, you see. So um, that's most of the people thinking these days. It's an investment rather than it's a medium of exchange. Now, if people start thinking that what is the advantage of a crypto over typical money, you know, sometimes we call it fiat money or government money, what is the advantage that the crypto has over fiat money in terms of medium of exchange? Now, if we go back like years ago, you know, where we, where we don't have the tap, you know, these days we, we have a credit card or we tap it, you know, we don't really put the card in, in the machine. We have a phone, you know, with Apple Pay or anything, just, okay, we scan our phone quickly, right? So with this technology... Right. We improved from having these cash dollars that we have to pay, right? And now, um, the, the, if we did not really have this technology and we jumped straight to crypto, we will say, wow, that is something new. But is there advantage of a cryptocurrency over um, the new technological paced uh, medium of exchange techniques, kind of? I, I, th- that is what's something we have to 
look at you know the pros and cons like okay i can't have my phone or where my bank account is charged and i can't have my phone where my my wallet of digital currency is charged how do i see big difference here you know um is it easier to carry the money you know in terms of a cryptocurrency versus cash versus credit card and debit card or phone there's not big difference between the other two, which means crypto versus, let's say, digital wallet that you have when you scan your, you know, uh, Apple phone. There's no big, big difference, let's say. But there is a difference between crypto versus cash or dollars. So if there, if there is a, a real advantage of that using a crypto over uh, this digital currency, uh, you know, wallet that we have, Apple phone or credit card or tab in your phone, then I would say we will think of more of uh, cryptocurrency as a medium exchange. But currently that is, that's not the case. I really don't see people say, oh, crypto is more convenient to use it here at the store, you know. So mostly people think of a crypto as an investment opportunity, which is like those people, you know, who really trade currency, buying and selling you know, these always out there, you know, in many many places around the world. You buy US dollar, you sell US dollar, you buy, you know, your euro, you sell euro, and and kind of you make money out of buying and selling. So that is what the crypto represents these days, more than a medium of exchange. And is it like, you know, a safe as a store of value? That is, um, you know, the big issue here. It sounds like it. So, uh, well, this has been so interesting, doctor. Thank you so much for your time, doctor. And if you want more information, you can visit National University's website at nu.edu. And thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Kim. Thank you. You've been listening to the National University Podcast. For updates on future or past guests, visit us at nu.edu. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.